Welcome to AI Nerd, AI with Attitude. Today, I am joined with Allison Fillmore. Allison is the Executive Director of the Tour Championship. Allison, how are you? I am fabulous, Tom. How are you? I'm delicious, actually, and I smell nice. Um, <laughs> it's two things you probably can't not tell no. from being uh, on, a, on like a host or an interview like this. You just can't normally tell how delicious somebody is or how well they smell, but I'm going to assure you right now, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you and your family. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fair statement because no one else would else see their, their pain if I was not. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Allison, thanks for joining me today. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a number of years and we both live in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I know a little bit about you. Uh, probably good for me to get a little history lesson, which you've done to get to the point where you're the executive director of the tour championship for the PGA. Maybe take a moment and tell anybody, you know, I think we're about up to 42 people, the 42 people that will watch this. Um, tell, tell me about you a little bit. Sure. Um, so, you know, kind of stemming back from when we met, we met playing racquetball, um, U.S. National Training Center, um, Olympic Training Center. And from there, I kind of, you know, really was very interested in, in sports in general. So I went to Ohio University and got a degree in sports administration. Um, from there, I, I started off with a small marketing company called uh, Collegiate Directories. They published the National Directory of College Athletics. And I was there for about a year. And, you know, just like everybody else, I thought that I could make a ton more money being in a tech um, environment. <laughs> and um, I started for a company um, with a company called jobboards.com. And um, I got fired in four months. <laughs> <laughs> I was miserable. I was not passionate about what I was selling or what I was doing. I was working out of my home. I was young. I needed interaction with people. So um, I actually handed my resume to um, a friend who is now my husband. Look at that. Mm -hmm. And um, he was working for the Cavs at the time. And I um, got a job with the Cleveland Lumberjacks, which is a minor league hockey team in the IHL, which is now a defunct league. A year later, they, they actually folded, the entire league folded, and um, got an opportunity to go out to work for the Sacramento Kings. My husband, or my boyfriend at the time, came with me. He worked for the Golden State Warriors, so we lived in the middle. We lived in the middle of uh, um, California, and um, it got to the point where we were too far from family and friends, and I said, you came with me, I'll go wherever you wanna go. And he had an internship or an interview with the Atlanta Thrashers and got the position. And I actually had two job offers to come to Atlanta for the Falcons and for the Hawks and weighed my opportunities, you know, 10 games, 44 games. I went with 10 and uh, started with Falcons right when Arthur Blank bought the team. Michael Vick was the quarterback, was there for five years and um, had an opportunity to go and run the WNBA team here in town. So took that opportunity, was the first employee, hired everyone, created all the process procedures, probably one of the coolest jobs of my career. Mm -hmm. um, two years later, uh, the entire economy kind of fell on its face and my ownership group was in corporate real estate. So with that being said, he was not able to keep the doors open and said, hey, we're looking for new ownership. And he came out um, with a new owner, uh, Kathy Betty, who is a huge Georgia Tech alum. Um, she offered me the position to stay back. And I, you know, I, 
I wanted to stay home with my daughter at that time, but I, um, a friend handed my resume to somebody at the, um, at Landler Speedway and I got a call and, um, kind of took a step back to take a step forward. I, I moved into a different, uh, realm of sales. I went from ticket sales to sponsorship sales. So started as account executive, worked my way back up. Seven years later, I was a vice president of sales and service for them. And in May, or no, I'm sorry, uh, March of 2017, I got a call from the PGA Tour. And the rest is history. So, um, now, is, now, your, is your interview with the PGA Tour a round of golf? No, it was not a round of golf. Uh, I did go down to Ponte Vedra, uh, which is where the headquarters are located. And I did, I went through the gauntlet, as, as they say. Um, I think I met with 10 people in, you know, five hours and it was good Friday. So half of them weren't even in the office. Some guys showed up in like, you know, swim trunks. They were going out surfing, you know, it, it, the very relaxed and very cool atmosphere. So um, I knew I was really, really excited to be there. And I knew this was a really good fit for me when I interviewed. So started in May of 2017 as senior director of sales, got promoted to executive director a couple months later. And um, yeah, rest is history. So. Now, did you murder somebody to get the executive director title so fast? No, some people moved some positions, so um, I did not murder anybody. I mean, I, I meant, I'm sorry, I said that, or maybe you murdered your sales quota. That's that's what I meant. <laughs> that's not exactly a person. what I did. I, I messed that up. I, relationship game. I don't yeah. have a teleprompter, so I have to make it up as I go. Um, when you were helping Michael Vick uh, assemble his dog fighting ring, how did you facilitate the IRS scam during that time? <laughs> Can I just tell you that that was like one of that was one of the reasons why I left Falcons. Like oh, wow. I, it was scary. I remember going to um, training camp and PETA was actually in the um, in the uh, parking lot and my husband dropped me off and I had my dog in the car and like it was crazy. It was crazy. I just didn't like how um, the Falcons didn't really talk about it. They just kind of shoved it under the rug at first. And, you know, I was on the front lines. I was answering the phones for the organization, you know, selling tickets. So we got the brunt of it a lot. Like I got screamed at, I got yelled at, you know, why do you hate dogs? I'm like, I don't hate dogs. I have two of them. I love them. They're championship fighters. We're talking about <laughs> oh, I I have to, because I lived in uh, St. Louis during that time. And I, I just was so dumbfounded that that even happened down anywhere. There's nothing to do with golf and what you're doing now. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know you had worked for the Falcons during that time. So that's, that's ah. huh, that'll test character right there. <laughs> um, so you came on, you, uh, you know, you, you got promoted executive director of uh, specifically the tour championship, which anybody who doesn't play golf knows that's like the, that is, I mean, there's four majors, but this is the tournament that decides a lot of money and who wins for the year. And that's been, maybe you could talk a little about like, the history because it's, it's rel relatively new in the world of golf and, and how that tournament became what it is. Absolutely. So tour championship has been at Eastlake golf club since 1998. And then it flip flopped back and forth between Eastlake and Houston um, between the years of 1999 and 2003. And then 2004, it solidified its space here at Eastlake um, in totality. So um, some people may remember in 1999, um, Payne Stewart was on his way to the tour championship and actually passed away. So it's, it's, it's evolved to where, you know, now we celebrate Payne's life at the Tour Championship every single year. Um, but it's been at Eastlake Golf Club. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary, and it is basically to describe it, it's the Super Bowl of golf. 
you have the 30 best players in the world that come to Bobby Jones home club to buy for the fame and fortune of the FedEx Cup. So these guys walk away, the winner walks away with $15 million, not a bad payday. So we're a little bit different than most tournaments. Uh, most tournaments, they have a full field of about 144 players. We don't have a cut. Um, we only have 30 players. So our tee times range from like 11.45 to about uh, 2.30. Or most events, you know, these guys are out there starting at like 7 o'clock in the morning. So we have a relatively short event. Um, however, it it's really impacts the world of golf and and deliver some really exciting moments, you know, evident of Tiger's win in 2018. Um, you know, Rory won the year um, after that, and then Dustin Johnson this past year. Um, it's it's really the best of the best that wins this event. Yeah, absolutely. It's a. I've been to the event. It's 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 it is well run. Um, I will say that it, it is nice to have the space when you're there. So if, you, if anybody who has never been to the event should certainly go check it out because it's, it's different than other PGA Tour events that I know that I at least have been to that. You actually feel like you got to be a little closer to the action and playing, and it's uh, it's a small course, right? Exactly, and you can get, but you can get around very easily, and you can see lots of by just walking a few yards. You can literally see quite a few holes and a few players. So definitely worth going to. And if you're sponsoring, you write the checks to Allison directly. Um, that'd be great. That's right. Um, well, tell me about how that's evolved a bit because with COVID, it was different this year. I believe uh, you had to take a slightly different uh, tact on it. I did. So um, when we took when I took over the event, it was 2018 was my first tournament. And um, that was the tournament that Tiger won. So really, really exciting event. But we were able to leverage that win and really kind of build on the successes of that event. And with 2020 happening and COVID, you know, we knew so March 11th, we had an event at Eastlake Golf Club that evening. The next day, we shut down um, our offices. Um, and then we also were playing the Players Championship down in Ponte Vedra. And that event went from, okay, we're going to stop fans from attending to canceling it completely. And everything changed. Uh, how we operate, what we did, and we went from planning scenario after planning scenario after planning scenario. We had an A through D scenario planning. I think we ended up with like scenario F or G, honestly, when it came down to it, because we didn't know if we were gonna have fans, if we were gonna have fans and how many fans, and then we didn't even know if we were able to put on the event because the city didn't even have the special event permit office open. So went to, I went to a ton of meetings with the mayor's cabinet, um, got a chance to know them very well throughout this time, and they worked with us to really be able to help put on a successful, safe event um, with very minimal amount of people. That's incredible. Uh, the, the, the fact that you can pull it off, I mean, but maybe back up, what's it normally take to even put, I mean, what does it take you to put on an event like this? I mean, do you look, I mean, I don't, I don't assume three months from now, three months prior to the event you start, this is a full-time role that takes all year. It, and I, would, I guess, so tell me about like, you know, you're, you're, you're out different circumstances, but what do you do? Like, give me like the high level roadmap of what you even do. I would have any, a clue how to approach that problem. Starting the day after the event, you know, we clean up, get everything ready. We have a big AMAM event um, that we have sponsors that play the exact whole locations that the guys did the day before. And then after that, 
we start planning for next year. So renewals go out right away. And those next 45 to 60 days, we're focused on renewing everybody that came out to the tournament because you want to capture them when they remember that feeling of being out there and being so excited to watch this guy, you know, win $15 million. So we go through a, a really heavy renewal process. I, I bet. I bet you do it before it hits their credit card statements too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what the damage was for the week. But side back up. Hurry. Hurry, hurry. Get and it then, um, you know, we get to kicking in a new business. Um, and then we start planning, you know, our build. You know, we build a little city out here. So we actually start building for our event beginning of June for a Labor Day start. So you've got, you know, tons of workers out here, tons of piles of steel to erect these buildings that host you know, all of our guests and our fans. Um, so yes, it is completely a year round um, event. We're constantly promoting. Um, I don't usually wear anything that doesn't say tour championship on it. I'm, I'm always, um, always be closing is my favorite movie line. So ABC, yeah, I'm, I'm always talking, trying to get out, you know, speak to people about tour championship. It's, it's constantly, we're all promoting this event year round. You know, in the it, you get the resources of the entire PGA Association and tour. That's yeah. fair, correct? And yeah. one of their they have is they have a pretty good app, and, and it's getting better every year. You know, you know it is an AI nerd uh, channel. I am curious, how much is that leveraged in a planning event versus just knowledge of the the, the, the customer? You know, there's 20 years of statistical data that's leveraged in that app. So we're able to really look at the fan and be able to feed them content based off of them personally. And that's what's so cool about our app. Our app is one of the best sports apps out there. The leaderboard portion, I mean, you can look up every single player. And basically what it does is we we automate content creation through our AI platforms to provide like round recaps, um, video highlights, you name it, we can, we can serve it up just based on the, um, just based on the end user. So AI isn't something that we do all the time, especially with our app. So at the masters this year, I could see every shot of every player. Was that, a master specific thing do you know or is that a PGA yeah. so masters like you like you said you know PGA tour uh, we own and operate a certain amount of tournaments we don't own and operate all events so the masters is not a PGA tour event it is a um, you know you've got the PGA tour and then you've got the PGA so two total different organizations then you've got the USGA which runs the US Open you know, PGA, PGA Championship, the Royal and Ancient, which runs the Open, and then the Masters, Augusta Golf Club, um, which runs the uh, Masters. So it's a um, completely different organization from us. I, they print money in a basement. I, I don't know how they do it, but they're amazing. <laughs> it, uh, I'd like to move into that basement. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, they got tunnels all over the place to like go in and out. It's, it's super cool. It's so cool. That's amazing. So, uh, you know, you've, you've been doing the uh, tour championship events for what, four years now? Yeah. Four. Mm -hmm. uh, four tournament, yep. What do you think is your maybe most memorable moment? Most memorable moment was Tiger winning. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, a little history there, I think. It, yeah. I, I, I might imply something wrong, but you have a little history with, because I think, tell me about it, because I, I know the story, obviously, but go ahead, yeah. go ahead talk about that a little so, bit. When I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to go into sports, but I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And 
I was interning with a Fox affiliate in Cleveland, Ohio. And he asked me to follow him to a golf tournament uh, with Jack Nicholas. And he was sitting there and he said, Allison, Jack can kind of be a tough interview sometimes. So I want you to go, you know, sit with this kid. His name is Tiger. He just got a scholarship to Stanford and, you know, just hang out with him for a little bit. And, um, I'll be right back to get you. So I rode around the golf cart for an hour with Tiger and chatted baseball. We chatted racquetball. We chatted golf. Um, really cool. And then 20 years later, I get to hand him the trophy. Like it, it's just, it's, it's a really cool circular way on how sports just, you know, is, is part of every facet of my life. Like just super cool. But yeah, Tiger, Tiger winning in 2018. Oh my gosh first tournament that I was actually running was, was pretty special. <laughs> and yeah, I, I hadn't put that together. That it was your first tournament that, yeah. and, um, you know, I, I think he's probably within a few months of our age. Uh, we won't talk about that, but, but no. the fact that he had came back to win that and, and done it that year was, I mean, the guy is truly amazing athlete. Yes. Um, we'll exclude out his personal life, but like as an athlete standpoint, <laughs> fantastic for sure. I mean, and honestly, now he's so much more human, you know, he's so relatable. Like, yeah. People make mistakes, and, and I get that. Um, you know, he had back surgery. He had spinal fusion back surgery. Not many people can come back to the level of play like him after such a, you know, hard surgery. So, I mean, kudos to him, man. I mean, he is amazing, amazing. 82 wins, you know, on tap to potentially, you know, beat Sam Snead's record. So cool. So do, you, do you put him as the uh, top uh, golfer of all time? I would say he's, he's, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Yeah. You might get hate mail over that one. We don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> All right. So I do have a technology question. Do you have to flip the date behind you every morning? I do. Okay. And, and you know what? The sad thing is, is I haven't been in this office since November 19th and it said November 19th on there before. <laughs> I think maybe it was like November with a different seven on it and Monday. Okay, also, I'm going to ask about your background. Is this sponsored by Coke or Pepsi? Coca-Cola. Okay, making sure, making sure. In my, you know, in my... my and, and finally, is that a Betamax on your table behind you? <laughs> yes, that is, that is painful. <laughs> no, so, you, you know, I think a few years ago at the, at the Tour Championship, I think it might have been last year even, like a tree got struck by lightning and people had gotten yeah. pretty messed up from that. I assume you were front and center on that. And you, you know, I, I think it's an interesting story uh, for a number of reasons, but tell me about that and how you would even respond to that in the middle of this. I mean, middle of the great event and boom, tree. It was scary. I was actually pretty close to where it struck. I was standing inside of um, Southern Company's hospitality tent on 18, and the tree was actually behind 18, um, kind of by the lake. So as soon as it hit, I ran over there. I was the first one to get there, and I screamed for help on the radio. Um, but honestly, it was this, one of the scariest things that I've had or ever had to deal with in my career, knowing that people got hurt on my watch. So thank God that no one got seriously injured. We did have you know five to six folks go to the hospital, but everyone was released. Everyone was healthy and safe, and you know that's that's the best thing I can say because you know our team just quickly changed into, you know, um, you know, a mode to where they were taking care of everybody and anyone that was hurt, making sure our fans were safe. 
evacuating the course and really making sure that those folks got the help they needed. So I spent the night in the hospital with, um, with all the, all the folks that got hurt. But um, like I said, I'm really happy to report that everyone was healthy and safe and released and, you know, back out there again on Sunday. That's pretty amazing that no one did get injured for that. The uh, do they all get like free invites next year? Like, come on back. Sorry, we shock shocking event um, for them. Oh, boom! <laughs> it was electric. Yeah. Oh, boogaloo! Uh, they uh, if you uh, do we do that? Do you say, hey, listen, next time you're here, here's a here's a free coke. I mean, or like, you guys do a lot for the community anyway. I, I, so I assume if someone gets electrocuted on your watch, you say, I think we can come up with six tickets, people. Um, yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> what's uh so the, the the tour champions spoke uh they donated quite a bit of money i believe from the event to some local charities in very very local to that area in, in, in atlanta yeah. could you maybe talk about that a little bit i don't i know it does i just don't know what the full extent of that is sure so this year we donated 3.56 million dollars back to the east lake foundation purpose-built schools atlanta the Grove Park Foundation and the First Tee of Metro Atlanta. And typically we do that with sales from our tickets and our hospitality venues. However, this year we didn't have fans out on the golf course. So we really had to rely on our community partners that stepped up in a massive way. So we did something different this year. It was a golf with a purpose charity challenge. And we had Ryan Palmer and Zach Johnson play as well as Vince Carter and Jerome Bettis. And that was a lot of fun to, one, put together, but two, see the community rally around um, these organizations. I mean, Chick-fil-A, Novellus, NCR, PGA Tour Superstores, The Home Depot, um, Coke and Southern. You know, we had so many people come out and support this event, and that raised over a million dollars. And then we also did something called the Tour Golf Ball, which one of our partners in Ideas United, which is an agency, and David Romer, who's on our host committee. We have a host committee that we that we work within the Atlanta market, and these folks kind of help us open doors within the Atlanta market, but also help with other items such as this golf ball. And what this golf ball was was an opportunity for people to uh, bid on items, and all those auction items will go back directly to the East Foundation. So we raised a ton of money there. And uh, I couldn't have asked for a better, better community support um, to be able to give back and kick last year's number out of the water. I mean, we beat last year's number with people. So um, I'm wow. super, part, super proud of the community that they really stepped up and, and helped out this year. Well, I'd have to guess next year, you're, you're a pro vaccine and you really want to get <laughs> so looking forward so you know i, I appreciate the time uh, so f that you've given for sure awesome i really appreciate it it's been interesting to learn about this and yeah next, next year like what's it look like what's your make a prediction um i you know we're selling normal right now um i, I can tell you our q1 events they're going to be probably anywhere from 25 to 50 percent capacity um, with, a vi with a vaccine kind of on the horizon, uh, we feel that come Labor Day weekend in 2021, that majority of folks will have, have access to the vaccine if they want. Um, and we feel like we'll probably be back to somewhat of a normal event at that point. So excited about that. I, I can tell you that very much. 
That's fantastic. And uh, obviously, if someone wants to sponsor or volunteer, they just do they just fill out a form online? Do they do they text you? What do they do there? So our volunteers fill up super fast. We have about 1,300 volunteers that help put on this event, and we couldn't do it without our volunteers. They are the lifeblood of our organization. And you can go online to sign up. Right now, we have a waiting list going, um, but our volunteer uh, volunteers will typically they they start you know April May. Um, but with COVID this year, it might get pushed back a little bit. All I ask is please be fluid with, you know, our situation and, and it, we're in uncharted waters right now. So <laughs> right. I just thought you'd want to hear that again. You know, I, I've, I've definitely experienced it this year. I think we all have that 2020 is just, you know, we're all just kind of counting down in moments to 2021 <laughs> at this point. Um, and uh, one last, what's your current handicap? Oh, really? You had to ask me this? I have I'm to ask you this. I'm a 29. 29. I do not want to play because I think it's one of those country club 29s, which are actually a seven. And you just like get like two birdies around. You win like tons of money all the time doing this. I did take a golf lesson last week and um, changed up my grip. So it'll yeah. be really interesting to see how I get back out there and actually use it. Who knows? Exactly. So, hey, thank you so much uh, for the time. This has, been, this has been great. Make your last prediction. Who's going to win next year, the Tour Championship? Who's going to win next year? I'm going to say John Rom. John Rom. All right. I'm not going to make a prediction. You know why? Why? Because I hate to be wrong. I mean, I really do. I just don't like it. And so, why? You know, set the bar low. Don't 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 get too crazy. Uh, okay. okay, fine. I'll make a prediction. Yep. It's going to be. No, he doesn't play anymore. Frank Nabilo has come back from retirement, and he's going to win. That's it. That's what I'm going to go with. Frank Nabilo. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Tiger Woods wins next year. I'll say it. Oh, wow, wow. I'm going to go on a win. It's it just head to head. Five bucks. It's been bet. Five bucks. Checks Done. in the <laughs> Allison, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Be safe, and uh, good luck this year with the, with the, the, the event. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks.